Good morning and welcome everybody. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 wherever you are in this amazing country of Australia. Right across the Faith FM network. This is The Breakfast Show. Positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Good morning, good morning Lyle. How's it going? Going great. Oh yeah? Yeah. We're grateful for. My family's back together. Yes, we are, aren't we? Yes. The Faith FM family, that is. Uh, Nick came back yesterday. Marta came back today. Rochelle is here. You're here. I'm here. We're all here. The Breakfast Show family. The- it's, all, it's all good and gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah loving yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm grateful for... Oh, no. What I've, I've forgotten what I'm grateful for. What am I grateful for again? I have no idea. Um, let, let me try and remember. What is it that we because talked about? Because this is the delayed broadcast, yeah. so you were already grateful for something. We've already talked about this. We're now doing lame. the delayed. It was very lame. It was not lame. It was so lame. Oh, that's right. My hairbrush. <laughs> See, I haven't I, been able to find I, my hairbrush I for like you, four days. I told you it was lame. Women with long hair out there, all our long-haired listeners out there will know exactly the, the panic yeah, yeah, when you can't yeah, find yeah. your hairbrush. I go for, I go for, for a month brushing my hair. Your, I get up in the morning. I get up in the morning. I have my shower. I go with my. Your hairbrush is short. Hair. Your hair is shorter than my Done. finger. My hair comes down to my backside. That's how long my hair is. Yeah. So not having a hairbrush is a is a terrible thing. Yeah, anyway, you are indeed that. listening to the latest dreads. Huh? You should just done done dreads. Dude, that's disgusting. No. It works. No, there's no. There's, has, I don't want has, no has animals a, nesting has in a my certain hair. Look to it. And then I'm not the person to pull it off. <coughs> I've got some good friends of dreads. I want to be Ariel from The Little Mermaid. I want that hair. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is indeed the delayed introduction broadcast, which means. <coughs> Which means I'm choking. Which means we actually <laughs> <laughs> recorded this probably the day before, or maybe even the day before that. Or who knows when we recorded it? We recorded this on the first of August two thousand eighteen. But you might be listening to it a few days later. But you know what? Don't stress. You can jump across to the live show. How can they jump across to the live show, Lyle? Faithfm.com.au. Press play. As simple as that. Or if you are out and about, just use the TuneIn app on your mobile device, run it through your Bluetooth, run it through your aux cord, run it through <laughs> your tape insert, run it through your car. It is it is actually the best way to listen to Faith FM because you never run out of signal. And we highly recommend it because you can jump onto the show and join us. You can answer the quiz. You can get It's one of those things away. I hate when I go on a long, uh, long, on a long road trip somewhere and you know, you're know you listening to a radio station and it drops out. So then you've got to go searching for another one. Oh, so frustrating. Use the tune app. You never got to go searching for another it's station. So true. So true. Hey, I've got to tell you this. This is amazingly cool. I, 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 I bought a new car. Oh, congratulations. Yes. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. And when I got in my new car to drive it home, a new secondhand car, and I switched it on, I'm like, oh, listen to the radio. I switched the radio on. Guess what it was tuned to? No way. Faith 87, FM? 87.6. Hey! It was already. Ch- it was like this is a sign. Well, we hope you're tuned in to us as well. We have a great show coming up for you today. Stay tuned.
I have a really cool story. Uh, and I, you know, I like it when I hear about, um, you know, acts of generosity, people giving. And I, but I, I like it even more when they just do it quietly and secretly, but then it still gets found out. So, you know, none of that whole fanfare, look at me, how great I am. Let's have a huge ceremony to, uh-huh, for, you know, uh-huh. to see if everyone can watch me donate, this kind of thing. I didn't know that this even existed. Um, but we actually play this artist's music, uh, uh, some of her gospel music on our show. But do you know that Dolly Parton has a charity that she actually started t- uh, two decades ago called Imagination Library? And it has the goal of giving books to kids around the world. And, um, and last week, would you believe, uh, it, it hit a milestone. Uh, it gave away its 100th millionth book. Whoa, I thought you were about to say 100,000 book. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty impressive. 100 million. Not even a books. million, not 10 million, 100 million book books. And so she and she just quietly donated, she's been quietly donating to children, like not making mm-hmm. a fanfare. And so the Library of Congress actually decides, you know what, we need to like highlight this. And so they've um they've uh, honored her and uh and you know, and she's been a little bit embarrassed about it and um you know, she says she said of all the things I've done. She got my- sprung. Yes, she did. She <laughs> said of all the things I've done in my life, and it's been a lot because I've been around a long time. This is one of the most precious things and proudest I am of any program. And uh, you know, and she she's a lot of kids know her actually as the book lady, which really? is funny because you know, really, yeah, yeah, that's what the younger generations know her as. I know that's as a book not what lady. I knew Dolly as when I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't remember her as anything to do with books at all. Um, but she, you know, she not only uh, donates the books, but sometimes she does. Uh, she reads the books out, you know, and they and um, does like you know story hour and that kind of thing. And as in, like live to a group of children or pre-recorded. Yep. Uh, well, uh, both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what kids annoy her as these days. And uh, and sometimes um, she'll actually sing the book. So you know, as she's you know when you know flicking through the pages and reading the book, sometimes she'll actually just sing it. And um, and yeah, and and she started the program actually to honor her father who couldn't read, and yet she said he was the smartest man she ever knew. Hmm, dyslexic. Yeah, okay. yeah. So she's been honored in in, uh, in Washington there in America, <coughs> and uh, and I think that's really great. Like a hundred million books. Are there even that many kids around? <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of books. That's enormous. Yeah. So and you know what? I was thinking, there's got to be a lot of people like this in our in our own community. People who are quietly doing amazing. I'm actually going to be talking about that in my new segment. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Because there is a time and a place, you know, and, and the Bible talks about, you know, when you when you give. And do good deeds. Don't let your left hand know what your right, right hand is doing. That's right. And uh, sometimes I think we report a little bit too much mm-hmm. on you know what we do as a church and um, you know it, within Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, we we stand up and brag about it, like oh yes we did this and yes we did that and yes we did the other and it's like okay just do it. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to talk about it. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah, like when they donate to charity, instead of just handing over like a, a check, they have one of those massive checks <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the size of five people. <laughs> so you want yeah. everybody to know about this. That's right. And of course, this is what the Pharisees used to do back in the day. They used to stand on the street corner yeah. and they'd carry a, um, a big bag of money and they'd, they'd break all of their money down into small coins so it would fill a bigger bag. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. You break it down into small coins, you know, like mites and stuff. And you've got mm-hmm. this massive, enormous bag of money. You know, a sack of coins over your shoulder because this was back in the days before paper money and before electronic money. And, uh, you know, of course, then they go down to the temple with this massive sack of money and they would, you know, they would pour it in in such a way that it would just, you could hear it for like the next five minutes as it went rattling into the uh, into the treasury oh, of the temple. Grief. And, you know, that, that's when they said prayers, they'd go and stand on a street corner. 
Uh-huh. You know, they'd look to heaven and they would say their prayers really loudly so that everybody could see that they were a righteous person and that they were, um, you know, there's a, a righteous person right there doing the right thing. And, of course, if they're giving so much money, then, you know, God must have blessed them. They must be a super righteous person. And it's just sort of, it's the same to Today, it's just the prosperity gospel all over again. Yeah, yeah. And I often feel like these days charity is just another way of saying um, publicity stunt. That does not mean that we should not be giving to charity. Absolutely, absolutely. And it does not mean that we should not be volunteering our time and our services. Mm -hmm. And particularly in the upcoming months, we are going to need to be giving to charity and volunteering our services here in Australia. I'm going to be talking about why in my new story coming up. Okay. I'm all all intrigued now. But yeah, we definitely need to give. But, you know, I do feel like, you know, that businesses often have like a marketing budget. And, you know, like, I don't know how much you have like a set amount to spend on marketing one campaign. And so, good way to, to market is to <clears throat> donate some of that mon- that budget to charity and then do a big, you know, fanfare around it. And so everyone, you know, has warm, fuzzy feelings about your business. Um, it's t- is it still good to like, you know, yeah, it's good to give, but, you know, with that motive, well, you know, give us a call and tell us what you think. Mm. And also, do you know what? Give us a call and tell us if you want to you know, shine a light on someone that you know who has been quietly giving or giving and uh, and uh, just being a good person and, um, yeah, doing a Dolly Parton, I suppose. Maybe not 100 million books, but definitely still donating. I have another quick story for you, Lyle. Mm-hmm. This one's um, – I started reading this one and I couldn't believe it. This is from – it's come out of Fresno, which is a town in California that I have actually visited many times and um, – and spent a lot of time in it. It's just a small dinky die town. Well, it's not actually too dinky, but it's just a small small city there in Fresno, in California. And uh, and I was so surprised that this story is from there. Uh, so there's a fellow, his name's Dave High, and he was getting ready to celebrate his health food store 35th anniversary. He's a 61-year-old small business owner, and uh, he bought cupcakes and snacks in anticipation of treating his customers. Mm. And then he was absolutely heartbroken because no one showed up. How sad. Oh, no like, way. Yeah, I know. 35 years in the business and no one showed up. And um, What? Yeah, and, and thankfully, a young woman actually stopped by to just, you know, buy some stuff. And uh, she's 23-year-old Kayla Jackson. And uh, she's actually married to the security guard at the shopping center where the um, the health food store is called Sunrise Health is, is located. And um, and so she became aware that, you know, um, that Mr. High's, you know, demeanor was quite dejected and he was very sad. And so she had a chat with him and found out what the problem was. And so guess what she did? She used the power of social media oh, okay. to create a little storm. Yeah, so yeah. she tweeted about it. Um, she said, this is Dave. He owns Sunrise Health. Today is his 35th anniversary and he was expecting people to come in and no one showed up. I just got here and he brought everything out to celebrate. Can we get him some recognition? And within a matter of hours, um, Jackson's uh, Twitter post was shared all around social media within Fresno and people started flooding to the store. And so they ended up having a big old party to celebrate um, 35 years in the health business uh, for Sunrise Health in, in Fresno. Oh, that's nice. And I'm pretty that's sure amazing. I'm pretty sure I've actually been to this health food store. No way. I'm pretty sure. No way. And not just ages ago. I think it was, um, yeah, just January this year. Because <laughs> I, I had two weeks in Fresno and I had to entertain myself because the people I was staying with, you know, they, they, they didn't take time off work. I told them not to. And uh, yeah. throughout the daytime, I was just, you know, by myself. And so I would just walk the entire city. And of course, I have such an interest in health. Oh, yeah. I, you, and you, shopping. I, 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> we, we, for listeners, we were in Melbourne, right? We were in Melbourne for our 10th birthday uh, party celebrations. And Saturday night, we're on our way to the airport. And what does Mon do? She's like, oh, I've got to go to a health food shop. As if there are no health food shops in Newcastle. Look, that health or food Sydney. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Sydney's only just two hours down the road from here. There are Look, lots of health food shops there. That health food shop has unparalleled amazing Ceylon cinnamon that I cannot find anywhere else. I had to get it from that one shop in <coughs> Melbourne. Uh, I tell you. Um, yeah, what do you do? You stop at the shop while well, that's what you do. <laughs> anyway, so I'm pretty sure so I would have gone Mon. in this, this shop. This is yep. I'm pretty sure I would have gone in the shop because I'm pretty sure I went to every health food shop in Fresno. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up pictures of it, see if I can find pictures of the storefront online because if mm-hmm. I can find a storefront, I'll definitely remember. I, I never forget a face or a storefront. No, ah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> anyway, this is Human Nature with People Get Ready. I really like this song. Have you heard this song? We play it on our yes, show. It's one of my yes. it's one of my favorite songs on this show, along with any Lady Smith Black Mum Bunzo. Um, I have to have a word with our producer about my new favorite CD there. <laughs> There's a train coming You don't need no baggage And just to get on board All you need is faith Under the diesel humming You don't need no ticket, no, no Just thank the Lord There's a train coming You don't need no baggage And just to get on board All you need is something To hear the diesel humming You don't need no ticket Just thank the Lord And people get ready For the train to join Picking up passengers from coast to coast And faith is the key Open the doors and bottom This room for People get ready. 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 People get ready.
get ready. Come out here, people. People get ready. Oh, people get ready. Human Nature with People Get Ready here on Faith FM. And as we come to the second clue of our quiz, we already have a caller on. Ooh. Somebody's already called through and they want to have a crack at it. And as we were just discussing during that song break, it could be one of three women. It could be one of three women. So yeah. yeah. Okay, so we have uh, Zainab on the phone. Zainab, welcome to the show. Thank you. Okay, Zainab, now we know that you are a, uh, a regular listener and a regular contributor to the quiz, and we really appreciate that, but what's your answer for this morning's quiz? Um, it's just a guess because you say um, it's among three women. Yeah, I think it's um, Manuel's wife, Santin's mother. No, it's not, I'm afraid, but good guess and keep listening. Oh, we have more clues coming up. Well done. Thank you so much for calling through and having a uh, having a crack at the quiz. You're welcome. Thank yeah. you. Have a good no day. No worries. Bye. Have a great day. Okay. All right, that was Zainab from Adelaide and uh, having a go at the quiz. So think, it's still there. I think she maybe misunderstood that and thought that this, the, uh, the Who Am I was about the woman, but it's actually the first clue was an angel of the Lord appeared to my mother. Not so, not to the woman herself, but to my mother, and said, "You are sterile and childless. Oh, I misunderstood that too. Mm, okay, me, so this is the child. We're going to name the child, not name the, the mother. Child, not the mother. I was because I, I, I came up with oh, there's, there's there's three women. Well, there's, which, that means which, there's three there's, children. That means there's three children. But That's I was right. thinking, I was going. Yeah. If you'd asked me that, I would have named the mother. Yeah. Well, let me read the first clue again, and I'll give yep. you the second clue. So, who okay. am I? An angel of the Lord appeared to my mother and said, "You are sterile and childless, but you are going to conceive and have a son." And the second clue is, my father Manoah prayed that the man of God would come again and teach my parents how to raise me. Yeah, okay, that one makes it really easy now. You know who it is? Mm -hmm. If you know who it is, give us a call. The prize is still up for grabs. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. I actually just thought of another one. Oh, yeah. Got four, four women. Anyway, we need to talk about uh, charity. Yes, yes, we do. Okay, and in the next few months, we're going to need to be um, giving to charity, particularly here in Australia. What's going on? And uh, one of the major charities that we're going to need to be giving towards is to provide bullets. Excuse me? Yeah. What? Bullets. Um, that's a Bullets pass. are expensive. And if you've got 100,000 head of cattle and you need to put them all down, that's going to cost you, you know, a $1.20 or so per bullet. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Dollar twenty a bullet. That's yeah. expensive. Yeah. yeah, something like that. It varies from caliber to caliber to caliber. Can't they just take them to where they would usually take them to be put down? <laughs> well, I mean, even if you shoot them all, because you, you're good. You're, what are you going to do with the carcasses then? Exactly. You can't so use the carcasses because the carcasses are too emaciated, and so then you've got to dispose of them. The easiest way to dispose of them is to leave them in the paddock. And just let if them, you take them to a, If you take them to an abattoir, then you're going to have a big pile. But even if they're amazing, because you're referring to the drought. I am. And the fact that they can't feed them. I am. And, but these cows would usually be beefed up to take to the abattoir anyway, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So but there must be some sort of salvageable meat on okay, them. Okay, but so if, everybody t- if every them? farmer out there takes all of their cows to the abattoir today, mm-hmm. the abattoir can't handle that. The abattoir can only handle a certain amount per day. Mm. And so the only option left is to uh, euthanize them and, uh, yeah, um, who, you know what farmer out there has a hundred thousand dollars spent on bullets? That's very sad. It's really, really sad, and it's really quite becoming quite desperate. In fact, the um, the, uh, the the Australian government has offered the army, the services of the army, to develop uh, to to um, provide relief because the army has um, you know equipment that can be used in ag- for agricultural purposes quite easily, such as trucks and aircraft that the state doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to provide, you know, you can do airdrops of hay and that kind of thing. You can't really do that out of an airliner, but you can out of a um, an, a military transport. Mm-hmm. And so they're um, they're making that available, um, <coughs> which is which is a good thing. But ninety eight point nine percent of New South Wales is in drought. Um, Two thirds of Queensland is in drought. Um, Southeast Queensland has just had the hottest July on record ever since records were being kept. Uh, we are heading into an El Nino summer. Um, the Bureau of Meteorology is telling us that cyclones are heading south, and so cyclones are now going to start hitting areas that have not been cyclone-proofed. Mm-hmm. You know, because your building codes up in the north obviously built houses are built to withstand cyclones, um, and. Along with that, we're going to have an increase in humidity and the potential for semi-regular 50-plus degree days. Wow. Yes. So we've enjoyed our warm July, but this is what is coming potentially uh, this summer, some some very serious things. And, of course, that's going to just exacerbate the drought. But before we continue talking about that, yeah. we've got somebody else who wants to have a crack at the quiz. Oh, are you serious? I am. Whoa. Okay, so Pam is calling in. Uh, Pam, welcome to the show. Hi. You'd like to have a go at the quiz? Um, yeah, it's the first time I've listened live. Oh, oh welcome yeah. across yeah. the live show, Pam. Fantastic. So good to have you here. We're very happy to have you on board. I'm always... I'm always a day behind because I'm listening in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Are you listening on your computer now or, or via the TuneIn app? Um, on my computer. Nice, nice. Yeah, see, it's good now going on the put, live if show. If you put the TuneIn app on your phone and run it through your Bluetooth or your aux cord um, or even a tape insert, you can listen to it in the car. Yeah, but I'm on prepaid mobile. I can't afford to do oh, that. Yes, fair okay. enough. <laughs> but how how good is it on the live show? Because yeah, like now you can actually call in and get the prize and, and and have a crack at the quiz. What what is your guess, by the way? My guess is Samson. Yeah, you got it right, Pam. Woo! This that, is, that, that that last clue was kind of did kind of make it easy. Didn't this it? is why it pays off to get on the live show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Congrats, and Pam. Because you can Google it. <laughs> <laughs> you Don't tell us that, to, Pam. <laughs> not supposed to say that on air. <laughs> hey, Pam, where are you calling from? 
Um, Saguna. It's near Albury. Oh, wow. Wow, that's quite a distance. Well, congratulations this morning, Pam. We are going to send you a Soyn Eastham album. It's the Journey of the Spirit CD, one of her very popular ones that we love playing on, on, uh, on Faith FM. So you'll enjoy that, and thank you so much for calling in with the right answer. Okay, so heading back to uh, what we were talking about here on, and, and of course that was Pam from uh, Aubrey or Thaguna, um, right there answering the quiz and snapping it up early in the show. But uh, moving on with what we had here, um, the UK has just put out a far-reaching and detailed plan for surviving climate change. Oh, wow. And so they are looking at the issues of heat, flood and fire. So they're you know gearing up to build um, you know bushfire brigades similar to what we have here in you know, Australia, go mm-hmm. figure, in mm-hmm. England, they're going to have bushfire brigades, you know, they've wow. never had anything like that before. Um, and of course, here in Australia, we've done nothing. Uh, but this is because the global efforts to reduce um, climate change have been tokenistic at best. Yeah. You know, we've had a massive uptake in renewables here in Australia, which has been great, but it actually hasn't changed the percentage of of um, how our electricity is being produced. You know, 80% of our electricity is fossil fuels and it was exactly the same 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, anything that we do in Australia is very much tokenistic because of the very small population that we have. You know, we could we could t- turn the whole of Australia entirely green. It's not going to affect anything really while ever you've got, you know, China, <laughs> India, you know, just enormous... Enormous populations just pumping out massive amounts of uh, climate change pollution into the atmosphere. And, of course, the UK has recognised it and they've gone, Mm -hmm. okay, we can't change it. Mm -hmm. So we've got to figure out how to live with it. Mm -hmm. And they're one of the first countries to do so. And, of course, this is going to be updated again in five years with a daily review being produced uh, from 2023. Wow. So this is legislation that's going to be brought into place. And that legislation will be reviewed on a daily basis. That's how cr- mm. critical they see this uh, potentially uh, becoming um, on the issue of um, of climate change. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, they're anticipating water shortages, um, which, of course, we use for agriculture, for energy, for industry, for all those kind of things, and, uh, and figuring out how they're going to live with it. There's a whole bunch of um, stories here um, dealing with this. In fact... Um, there was some 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 really good a really good story on how to give to charity, and this is one that I wanted to mention earlier. Is that when you're giving to charity, and we're going to need to do a lot of giving to charity over the next few months as this drought really starts to bite. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> give to the many, not to the few. So when you get when you see somebody who's featured on the news, don't give to them. Give to the charity. That way, it'll be spread amongst a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time. Don't ignore the fact that there are some farmers out there who will never put their hand up for charity. And so you're going to need to support them. But they're the kind of person you need to support anonymously because they will return it if you, uh, if you don't. So keep an eye out for people that are, who aren't getting anything. Anyway, we need to move on. This is Alison Krauss and the Cox family. You're listening to Faith FM. I don't know. About tomorrow, I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from the sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't. 
Touched. 
Yesterday, we started interviewing Esme Branner about her incredible journey, uh, being married to a Muslim at a young age, having five children, having to move to Saudi Arabia, and then having this horrible difference of religion that started to cause uh, just horrific occurrences in their marriage, particularly her sons being abducted and taken to India where they were forced to learn more about the Islamic faith. We're going to tune back in now with part two and see what happened with the reuniting of mother and children. So how did you, how did you like reunite with your, like I'm, I'm hoping that your sons were you reunited to you and that, I mean, clearly <laughs> you're now in Australia, so you must have escaped. So uh, how did this all come good? It all came good by a chain of events, which is too much to go into. But eventually when, you know, we moved to Riyadh from Damam, and while we were there, my sons, I started to hear that they were becoming sick. I saw Mohammed getting letters and phone calls, and I was overhearing the conversations. And then he told me that our sons were sick. They were home from the boarding school in India, and he had to go and get them because they were not well. And I knew it was the Lord who had brought this on uh, on them and allowed this to be the catalyst to cause Mohammed to go out. And so he finally left, flew into Bombay, and it took about three weeks to get their papers and everything. And, you know, I didn't know when they were coming back because there was no communications from Mohammed at all. His treatment of me was less than disrespectful now. Mm-hmm. And so he brought the children back. And when they came in, they said, when he left for the mosque, the three boys, I was just overwhelmed to see my, my sons and they were full of blood in their clothes because of the scratching and the insect bites. They were dehydrated. They were thin. They were so poorly kept and full of lice from head to toe. And he left for the mosque and left them with me. And my sons looked to, at me in the eyes and said, Mommy, we're still Christians. Oh, praise the Lord. Christians. And they said, when we went to the mosque to pray, we had to go five times a day to pray. We prayed for Jesus to come and get us every time we went for prayer in the mosque. And so eventually God showed up and rescued them as well, brought them back to me. And from there... We started praying for God to get us out the country and to give us a safe exit. And God brought Saddam Hussein into Kuwait at the time. Mm-hmm. Desert storm arose and the Middle East was disrupted. And these were things we were praying for God to do. So we felt this was God answering our prayer. And so we finally, through prayer and my home church, I was able to connect with my home church in England and U.S., from a friend in Riyadh who was British who took on my story and said, I have got to help you to get out. And she did a wonderful thing by connecting with my family. They all collect monies for six air tickets in faith, bought them with a date. And then I said, God, you have a short time to act. And God did. Muhammad came home one evening and said his job that they were sending all the families home because of the imminent war. Oh, wow. And before he was like, no, 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 you're not going. You're not going. You're still a Christian. You're not raising my children to be Christians. You're not going. You're staying here. And then when his job said we can no longer take care of the children and the families, only the male must stay. He had no choice but to send us all home. And so as soon as we got back to London Heathrow, I called him. And do you know, And just to let him know we landed, of course, safe and everything. He said, my job has been reinstated. 
He said that the finances are fine and the families who were leaving are no longer leaving. He said, you were one of the first and he wanted us to come back. Oh. And I went on my knees in prayer said, God, speak, speak, speak. Ha- have you not finished with my work there? And the Lord said in Galatians 5 verse 1, he said, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Amen. Amen. And I took that as an answer from the Lord. And I said, I will not return. And so with that, you know, prior to that, Muhammad was seeking a second wife. And that was another reason I was praying, God, get us out, get us out. Because she was going to live in our home. Mm -hmm. But I had decided if she should live in our home, that I would greet her and love her as Christ would love her and be a witness for Jesus to her. And I made that decision that I would receive her in that way. But God saw better and released us, brought us back to the United States, cutting a long story short, to Andrews University at a single parent program. I started there with my five children, moved in on campus, started praying for a husband, and I asked God to bless me with a godly man who loved Jesus more than me. And one morning I said, Lord, I want to be married next year, June. It's now October. And I said, I want to be married in June next year. Bring me a godly man. And um, he, God told me I would marry a minister. So I went to, uh, I was involved in a play. And in this play, uh, I was the part of Eve. And this guy who played Adam was um, <clears throat> in computer science. But I said, Lord, um, you said I would marry a minister. And I just believe this Adam is going to be my husband. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> Because I had asked God to create this man, you know, and then here comes this play that I'm asked to play in, and I'm asking, who is this Adam? And so eventually, um, you know, after the rehearsals and the first performance of the of the play, Adam and Eve, I uh, we introduced ourselves and everything. And that morning of my devotion, God told me I would meet my husband. So I dressed up, and I was pretty looking and getting ready. And that very night... God's word came true. I met my husband. He didn't know it, of course, mm-hmm. but I knew because God told me in the morning that I would meet him that night. He was that Adam, and we were married the following June. So within eight months of meeting and getting to know each other, him accepting my five children and loving them, we were married. Praise the Lord. Beautiful ending to the story. And since then, We've been in ministry together, and it's just been amazing, amazing. Tell us a little bit about this ministry that you and your husband have started. You've been in ministry for 25 years, is it now? We've been ministering for 25 years, and we've always been counselors and, and you know, helping marriages and helping families in crisis and, you know, just helping individuals. We've always had that, both of us, individually, even before we met. And so, collectively, we came together, and, you know, my studies at Andrews University was in clinical social work, and my husband, of course, you know, theologian, and um, went on to become uh, in seminary, but all, was always gifted in, in counseling. So he's completing his doctorate in um, in counsel- Christian counseling, and I completed my doctorate in um, cognitive neuroscience and in the uh, behavioral aspects, as it were, the psychological aspects. And um, we combine the two because he's a student of prophecy. He loves prophecy and the word of God. He's amazing the way he dissects the word and 
how God speaks and relays things to him is so phenomenal. And then with me and my, um, with my science and seeing how science interrelates with the word of God and seeing God as the author of both, it is powerful. So we do healing, emotional healing ministries together from a molecular level, from a cellular level. Wow. We show how God's design for the human mind through the DNA and the genetics, through the science of epigenetics, how we can become whole, how we can arise to perfection and holiness. The perfect church that God is coming for is 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 a church that is acting and doing and thinking in, in rightly and i teach from that molecular level how all of our teachings our bible understanding and study how it correlates with the biology of who we are how it enters the blood how it changes our dna and genetic expression and how we can be in the image of god it is such a, a beautiful study it is a, a study that has been um, uh, uh, recognized by scientists all over the world. It is a current study. It's a conscious study. And it is one of those researches now that is in throughout the whole world. Their secular scientists are hailing it everywhere that this level of consciousness the world is coming into. Yes, there is a secular aspect, but the divine aspect and science belongs to God. Amen. The divine aspect of it is what God has left for his church. And the spirit of prophecy says there is a there is a science that is coming out at the closing scenes to precede the closing scenes of Earth's history. And Monica, it is the science of epigenetics, the activity that is on top of the DNA, which um, receives signals from the environment whether it is emotions or external environment through the five senses that addresses the nucleus of the cell and creates behavior in humanity so when you are reading your bible everything you touch taste see smell hear your five senses are the avenues to your soul and it is those five senses that are that are receptor cells um communicate with the outside environment brings in that signal and converts it into blood into the dna into the nucleus of the cell where the dna is and brings about genetic changes upon us and this is creating in us the clean heart that god talks about that is what renews the mind and so i teach the practicality of that to bring about emotional healing and spiritual healing because god's people will be sealed in the frontal lobe before he comes before he comes and we will be sealed we will be healed we will be healthy people that will go out into the world to finish up the work in a very toxic world god's healthy people will be able to penetrate through the darkness and toxicity to finish the work of the gospel and bring in the last into the fold and so this is a very important work it's not for the light-hearted and it, it, it's not for those who are not prepared to to um, be determined as it were to cast down every imagination and every thought because he says bring into captivity every thought and I show the, 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 the how, how our thoughts our structures in the brain 
I show how to break down ill thoughts and what happens in the brain when you do and how to build new thoughts and, and build new structures and how long it takes for your behavior to be established. So therefore, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Mm. Commit your works unto the Lord and your thoughts shall be established. So I just basically show the biology for those scriptures and it's it's beautiful to see God's creative work in action. Amen. And, and I thank the Lord because I suffered with depress- depression most of my life. But I learned to think a new way. And now I'm healthy. I'm, I, am, I have emotional intelligence to know when I'm going down that spiral of depression, depressive thoughts. And God gives me what I need, a scripture put in that place of my thought my negative thinking and he revives me through his word and gives me life it's it's amazing amen it's just- thank you so much Esme. It's such a, a message of hope especially you know considering where you've come from where the lord has brought you to now mm-hmm. and just we've got like a couple of minutes left can you just tell us quickly you know where can we get information more information about your ministry because it's called um the science of salvation and uh, you've yeah. also got a book out so where can we get our listeners get a hold of these two Okay. Well, we do. Excuse me. <coughs> Fighting a bit of a cold. Um, well, online, of course, my uh, our ministry, Science of Salvation, is online. We do have a website. Just plug it in there. And also, um, our my book is Beyond the Veil of Darkness. You can order it on Amazon or you can order it from Pacific Press. That's the publishers there. We have DVDs, of course, that we also sell online, and we are doing our different lessons and lectures. We're going to be placing them also online. So we're building up our website, and yes, indeed. Wonderful. I will put the links up on our socials. So, dear listeners, if you would like to know more information about Esme's uh, website about her ministry or about the book that she's written you can uh, jump across to our instagram our facebook or our twitter and we'll have the links up there esme thank you so much for joining us and of course tune in tomorrow where we will be interviewing esme's husband arthur this is one thank you so much for joining us and of course stay tuned for more great programming